Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi, I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and welcome to the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. I am pleased today to get to interview my good friend, Jennifer Danielson, who's been a leader in the healthcare industry for many years. She is passionate about harnessing the power of technology and data to improve healthcare for all. Over the course of two decades, Jennifer has held many leadership positions, that including serving as president of a billion dollar division of a nine plus billion dollar company and a senior vice president for that same parent company. She began her career as a lawyer and quickly transitions to positions that focused on representing complex healthcare issues to external audiences. Currently, she advises other healthcare companies and entrepreneurs on the complexity of healthcare and the industry. She serves um, as the chair of the board of directors for the Friends of Children Utah, and of course is a member of Women Who Succeed. Jennifer also spends time working with organizations that serve in other capacities of women and children. And she and her husband live in Farmington, Utah, and are the parents of five, uh, with a blended family of five children and four grandchildren. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being here. So Jennifer, why don't we just start out? Um, What I'd love to know, you've held so many leadership roles. Um, but you have a background in law. I'd like to understand the transition with law and lobbying and healthcare. <laughs> Wondering if you could maybe recap that for me a little bit. Yeah, uh, I like to tell young people that, you know, uh, there's no way to script what's going to happen over the course of your career. So you just got to watch for interesting times and leap in. So for me, uh, there really was a beginning interest uh, as it related to healthcare and the complexity of healthcare and the really deep and meaningful issues behind what's wrong with healthcare and what doesn't work in healthcare and where some of those solutions lie. So that's what led to the initial legal career in healthcare, which was very short because I quickly moved over to the policy side and doing a lot of external representation for the company, you know, on a national basis and just diving head headlong into healthcare policy issues. And after a while, that really turned into um, an interest in um, building more internally and asking for more and more leadership opportunities to help lead other teams within the company to continue to do our own work related to the change that we wanted to see. So when you were working on the policy side, a little bit maybe of an adrenaline rush when what when you'd get a win when you'd find something intellectually stimulating when what was it that was the fire that you really liked about that role i think that there's been a continuing theme for me in a lot of different roles and it really gets to that point where you reach that aha moment Mm -hmm. with people and helping them understand both why things operate the way that they do in healthcare, and also why it's hard to change them and what that translates to in relation to opportunities for finding that change. So um, 
I can think of a number of different times where it really was just that aha moment for people where you'd get into these conversations and this level of understanding of what could happen next. That kind of unknown. Mm -hmm. I, when I've talked with you on other subjects, whether it's parenting and we've shared parenting stories yep. or we've talked about career changes, um, you're very cerebral. I love that. <laughs> But you're super bright and um, intellectual, and I can completely see. And I, I recall conversations where you've wanted to dig deep to the why. And that seems really important to you rather than just being told what it's going to be and then just taking it at face value. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's definitely true. Um, you know, I've worked in healthcare and uh, health-related leadership, you know, roles now for over two decades. So you get to a level of understanding where, um, you know, so much of what you do is about helping other people learn and grow and understand that it becomes really enriching to share that deep knowledge with other people along the way too. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that, that place where you were that was very strategic and analytical and then the desire to shift to even to more of a broader leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, level. What was drawing you towards that? <laughs> Why would you want well, to be a leader? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to um, sort of come back into the company and get my hands dirty building things internally. I'd spent so many years talking about things mm. externally that um, I felt like, and you know, this has been a common theme for me throughout my career where I get to this point where I feel like there's a bit of a saturation point and I'm ready to grow and learn and expand even more. And so I asked for the opportunity to come back in to the company from those external facing roles and uh, work with more teams internally. And those are really some of the most exciting times and that led to, you know, some serious growth for me personally um, as it relates to leading teams and working with people and what it really means to be a leader and, you know, serving other people to help them grow and do their jobs to the best that they can as well. So that's interesting. That piece um, of uh, courageousness of uh, seeking it out and asking for it. Do you think that that is commonplace for both men and women to put themselves out there in the professional environment and, and ask for ask for things? I don't think it's all that common. And when I speak with other young, women who are early in their careers, I tell them that that is one of the biggest differentiators for me in terms of the opportunities that I've had over the decades. Um, I've seen men do it more often than women, but uh, you have no idea what's you have no idea what's available to you when you just put it out there for other leaders within the within a company or just for other you know colleagues about how you want to learn how you want to grow and when you put it in the context of something that you see that can work better for the company and how they're trying to you know produce what they're producing or serve you know provide the service that they're providing and help them understand the better result that they could get mm -hmm. by doing something differently or having someone, you know, do a role in a different way. 
you just have no idea what can come for you. And if nothing else, even if it doesn't turn into a formal role, you're going to get some serious learning opportunities along the way. <laughs> you're kind of a pioneer woman. I don't, I don't know about that. I think, I, I, I think that there are amazing women doing amazing things everywhere. I really do. But I just mean like the adventurous side of you. I mean, not that, I mean, I've seen you. I've seen you repelling. I've seen you doing things outside of your comfort zone. And I just think that what you're sharing with me is resonating with that lifelong learning. Yeah. Of even if, I loved how you said, even if it doesn't come out the way you thought it would, look what you learned just by the process of asking and putting it out there. That's got to be, that. you got to have a pretty thick skin to do well, I think that there's the, uh, I don't necessarily have a thick skin, but I think that, you know, and this goes back to some of the lessons I think, you know, from my parents growing up, nobody ever told me that I couldn't do something. You know, it wasn't sort of like an egging on to do more and more and more and more. It was just a, you want to do that? Of course. Yeah, let's figure it out. Um, so, uh, I actually, you know, like everyone, I have my own insecurities that I grapple with and still do to this day. I'm better at it now than I think I have been in the past. But um, when you use sort of that, <laughs> that willingness just to step out, like you said, of your comfort zone and explore something that's interesting to you and that's meaningful to you, that's where I think the real opportunities come into play. I liked how you that vulnerability of saying we all have our insecurities. I certainly have my insecurities and my doubts and then the t negative talking is talking in my head and self-doubt starts creeping in. Um, how do you combat insecurities personally? It's a good question. I, it, like I said, it's much easier to do with years of experience mm -hmm. behind you. But when you have good friends and good mentors and good advisors um, who help you sort of keep your own head in the right place and give you, you know, help coach you up when you when you really do need the coaching up, then you're in a much better position, I think, to uh, give yourself that ounce of courage to, you know, take that next step over and over again. Courage and maybe that grace to forgive when you don't quite work it out the way oh, you totally. wanted it to. And, and we all like, have those. And, and we, and here we are again. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to try again. We're going to forgive Gosh. ourselves and try this again. That's an ongoing process. Right. <laughs> right. I like to, when I'm getting too negative in my head, sometimes like if the spinning, the talk is spinning, um, I'll try to focus in on something. Like if I'm outside, I'll look at a leaf and just really try to hyper zone in on that or a cloud or something to distract my mind because I can't stop the negative talk, chitter chatter that's in my head. Yeah. Yeah. My mom years ago when she was going through a significant health challenge, I remember, I've always remembered her telling me that, you know, after she had gone and had, you know, these medical treatments that were really rough on the drives home when she just really felt awful, she'd just focus on like you said, the beauty of a tree on the mountains or the sky or something that would help just ground her and help her feel, uh, you know, like she could just continue to carry on. So yeah. I think there's great benefit in um, finding things to focus on 
that sort of take you out of your head a little bit and remind you of how big the world is mm -hmm. <laughs> and how much everybody isn't thinking about what you just said in that meeting. <laughs> right. I think you told me that once. You're like, actually, I don't think anybody really cares. What you, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I say? You're like, eh. You're the only one still you're thinking about it. You're very egotistical that you're thinking everyone's no, no, still no, no, talking no. about it. No, it's, you didn't say that, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and everyone else has moved past that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me, as you've had so many leadership um, roles, huge roles in, in healthcare and, and personally, I know in, in your personal life um, with your faith and other things, how, I'm not sure what to say except for to ask, like, what has kept, what has been your rock? What has kept you grounded and solid as you've dealt with some pretty challenging things as a leader? I think it goes back to that personal why and understanding why you're doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, why as a mom, sometimes you're making that sacrifice to get on that airplane one more time in that mm -hmm. month. And why, um, you know, as uh, someone who could have an easier job, you're choosing to step up to the plate and take the big swing sometimes. Um, my why was always about, and and still still is about, truly trying to make healthcare work better for people. And I have found this passion and this love of just working with these amazingly dedicated teams of people um, who are trying to do the same things along the way too. So my why has, I think, matured and deepened over the years and, uh, you know, expanded in some respects. But when you know why you're doing something and uh, you're placed in it, it makes it, it makes it easier to just, you know, get up and turn it, turn the alarm off and mm -hmm. get on the plane one more time. <laughs> get on the plane one more time. Now, speaking of planes, you have a child that is away at college and uh, this is her first big, her first big leap out of the yep. nest. How, how are you feeling about that? <laughs> it's a new experience, you know, like uh, so many other things in parenthood. And I know that you have had these same experiences with your boys where, you know, I mean, you don't know what the experience is going to be like until you have the experience. So it's like, you know, those leaps and bounds of growth and changes that your family had when your kids were younger and, mm -hmm. you know, they just got older and matured into different things. So, yeah, it's a it's a different experience when, um, you know, your child is still your child, but they're not <laughs> they're not living with you any longer. Right. And they're doing exactly what you have worked so hard to help them do, which is spread their own wings and fly and find their own path. And you're still sitting at home thinking, I'm not sure I was ready for you to. <laughs> right. Right. Harrison had a little injury this week and he needed to go to urgent care. And I was like the first hand raiser. Okay, I'll take you. Yeah. Yep. Mom's right there. Yep. And he's like, Mom, I can just drive myself. No, no, yep. I got you. I'll pick you up. So I'm I'm so proud of her in terms of how she's, you know, growing and, you know, her little brother who's still at home feeling a little bit lonely is doing a good job of adjusting, you know, overall too. So again, like everything, it's one of those times when the new uh, requires you to flex and grow and and understand what you want life to be in this new new. <laughs> do you think your kids um, watching you as a female executive, do you think that they have taken away some of those elements that you've spoken of today, the put yourself out there, yeah. the 
you need to try to see where it goes. Um, do you feel like those have kind of stuck or will stick with your kids? I hope so. I, you know, some of those lessons that I've really tried to teach my kids and that I think um, come from a lot of the, my own personal professional learnings over the years are, you know, having a little bit of tenacity. If, if you give something a try and someone tells you no or, um, you know, you find a limitation for mm -hmm. something, great. So instead of taking that route, take a different route. Or um, why don't you, you know, take away the reasons that they said that they had for saying no and give it a try a different way. So I do see both of my kids um, doing things like that. And, and I really do feel proud of them for that too, you know, because again, it just leads to so many opportunities that otherwise, you know, wouldn't come to you. I think also, uh, you know, this whole idea of just being a lifelong learner mm -hmm. and really having a true curiosity about people, about questions, about problems, about, about you know, opportunities um, comes to play for them too. So tenacity and curiosity. I, that is the word. <laughs> that was what was running through my head over and over was tenacity. Yeah. When I think of you, I think of brilliant work ethic, tenacity. And just fun. I just like to go to lunch with you whenever. <laughs> I know. Whenever I, love I, it too. whenever I can drag you out, I love that so much because <laughs> you're just that that lifelong learner, that curiosity. It's it's just you're just so fun to be with. But, oh, thank you. But truly, so much. the work ethic and the and and that determination have just I've seen it year after year after year after year with you, <laughs> and it's really so impressive to me. And I appreciate oh, thanks, you being Aaron. such a role model to me. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. And you know that that's a two-way street <laughs> in so many respects. You and I, you and I know some truly amazing women, yeah. and I've always considered myself extremely lucky to have friendships like we do. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, I think that is it for today. I am so grateful that Jennifer could spend some time with us, and I look forward to having lunch with her soon when I can squeeze into her schedule. So thanks all. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.